Welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, personal brand expert, mom, wife, and entrepreneur. I'm turning 50 this year, so things just got real. I have a new perspective and I'm all about reinvention, making midlife my new life. Through inspiring conversations with my incredible guests, I will be sharing and finding ways to help you align with what matters most and take action towards creating a life you love. Are you ready to make the rest of your life the best of your life? Let's do this. Well, hey there, beauty. Welcome to the Align and Hustle podcast. I am beyond excited to share this episode with you today. Honestly, I still can't believe I had the opportunity to interview the man who changed my life, Dr. Stephen Gundry. Whoever said you should never meet your heroes obviously had the wrong heroes. I had the honor of speaking with my health hero, one of the world's top cardiothoracic surgeons and pioneers in nutrition, the man who has helped tens of thousands lose weight and achieve better health. Dr. Gundry has spent the last two decades studying the microbiome and now helps his patients use diet and nutrition as a key form of treatment. Dr. Gundry is the author of the New York Times best-selling books, The Plant Paradox, Hidden Dangers in Healthy Foods That Cause Disease and Weight Gain, The Longevity Paradox, How to Die Young at a Ripe Old Age, The Energy Paradox, What to Do When Your Get Up and Go Has Got Up and Gone, and most recently, Unlocking the Keto Code, the new science of keto that offers more benefits without deprivation. The Plant Paradox is celebrating its fifth anniversary this year, and it was at its release in 2017 that I was first introduced to Dr. Gundry. After the birth of my son in 2006, I was struggling with digestive issues, mainly around dairy and gluten. I spent years trying to get help only to be told to eat more fiber and drink more water, that nothing was wrong. It was all in my head. So I had all the tests under the sun. The test for celiac came back in normal range. I didn't have any food allergies. So the doctors thought that maybe I was too stressed or maybe it was all part of being a working mom. I was told that I should get better over time and maybe it would help if I got more sleep. But in my gut, I knew something was wrong. By 2017, I was always bloated, uncomfortable, and exhausted. I stayed away from social situations and events because I was afraid to eat at this point. I share a story in last week's episode about this. If you haven't had a chance, please go back and take a listen. It gives you a little bit more of my health journey and um, what I was going through up until this point. There were times... Okay, I'm going to get a little bit honest here. There were times when I wouldn't go to the bathroom for weeks, sometimes months, especially when I was traveling for work. I was backed up. My stomach was always distended. The whites of my eyes had turned yellow. And I didn't know at the time, but my body was swollen and inflamed. And it wasn't just gluten and dairy anymore that were causing problems for me. I would blow up from eating an apple. I still remember I was at a dance competition with my daughter and my husband's like, you have to eat something. I'm like, no, I don't know what to eat. And he's like, here, just eat this apple. It's healthy. It's an apple. What could it do? And literally within two bites, I was blown out again, like a pregnant woman. Or even with protein, like a steak or a chicken with salad, I would always get sick. 
I was overwhelmed and confused by this point. I was eating healthy, but nothing was changing and I was getting worse. I didn't know what was wrong or how to fix it. My doctors kept telling me nothing was wrong, that it was all in my head, and at this point, I was determined to find the answers on my own. I spent years researching, reading everything I could get my hands on, keeping food journals, trying to find the common denominator to my body's reactions. There weren't as many resources as there are now with Google, Amazon, um, you know, Instagram, everyone sharing their stories. So it was back to basics, back to researching, finding the books, and reading everything that I could. Around this time, my husband and I started down the personal development path. We wanted to get better in all aspects of our life. So in the summer of 2017, we headed to New York City to Tony Robbins' conference, Unleash the Power Within. The second day of the conference was dedicated to health, and Tony had brought some of his own health advisors to speak to the group. One was someone named Dr. Stephen Gundry, who was a heart surgeon who had written a new book, and the other was Dave Asprey, founder of Bulletproof Coffee, author of The Bulletproof Diet, and author of a new book called Headstrong. I hadn't heard of either of them at this point. But I had come with an open mind. I wanted to get better. I wanted to learn. So I was interested in listening to what they had to share. At the time, I had no idea the profound effect both of these men would have on my life or on my health journey. When Dr. Gundry t- <laughs> okay, when Dr. Gundry took the stage and started to speak, I am not going to lie. I remember this so vividly as if it was yesterday and it was five years ago. It was as if the gates of heaven had opened. I am not even kidding. I think I heard angels singing like, la la, like I could hear harps. And it was like, (laughs) I know you, uh, it was like there was a beam of light just on Dr. Gundry that all of the gates of heaven had opened. The angels were singing. All the people in this um, stadium, 14,000 people had disappeared. And it was as if this man was speaking directly towards, like directly at me or to me. Um, <laughs> he was describing everything that I had been going through for the last 10 years. I was making vigorous notes. My husband still laughs when he when he talks about this, but I was writing down everything this man had to say because for the first time in 10 years, someone understood me. So he was speaking about his research and his new book, The Plant Paradox. And in his talk, he revealed that gluten is just one variety of a common and highly toxic plant-based protein called lectin. Now, lectins are found not only in grains like wheat, but also in gluten-free foods that most of us commonly regard as healthy, including fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, and some dairy products. These proteins are found in the seeds, grains, skins, and leaves of plants, and they're designed by nature, which is, this this part is really interesting, that they're designed by nature to protect plants from predators, including humans. So what happens once they're ingested, it's like they um, they start this chemical warfare in your body and it can cause weight gain and serious health conditions. My mind at this point just blew. And then I will, re- I remember at another point in his speech, he said, you are what the animal ate. 
Now, this blew my mind. It was exactly like my son and the gummy bear incident. Again, if you hadn't if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go back and take a listen. I speak about this in detail. But it was an aha moment. This man knew what I was going through and he could help me. So after he spoke, I ran out, bought his book. In the next couple of days, I read it cover to cover. And when we returned home after the conference, I started implementing all of his strategies. This book and Dr. Gundry's work have changed my life and I'm sure have added years to my life. If you suffer from digestive issues, autoimmune issues, or unexplained weight gain, this episode is for you. In this conversation, we dive into his groundbreaking book, The Plant Paradox. You will learn about leaky gut, lectins, and the microbiome. You will learn about the foods you think are healthy, but are actually making you sick. You will learn that good health begins in the gut, and the power of following your gut. Dr. Gundry has built a powerful personal brand. You will hear how he left his practice as a world-renowned cardiothoracic surgeon to follow his curiosity and his passion to help more people, which resulted in four New York Times best-selling books, Gundry MD, a line of wellness products and supplements, and the top-rated podcast, The Dr. Gundry Podcast. He has been featured on Goop, The New York Times, The Dr. Oz Show, Bravo, The School of Greatness, and every health and wellness podcast that you can think of or mention. He is an innovator. He is a disruptor. He is a trailblazer. He is a thought leader. And I am forever grateful to this amazing human. It was such an honor to meet and speak with him. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the man who changed my life, Dr. Stephen Gundry. Hi, Dr. Gundry. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me and see me? Yes, I can hear you and I can see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Nice to meet you. Always looking so dapper. Oh, we try. We try. (laughs) Um, So, Dr. Gundry, I'm just to let you know how the podcast, what I'd like to do. I have your library of books here. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) From working out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about plant paradox to begin, because I know you're celebrating. That's how I, I found you five years ago and then get into the keto code. And I have my olive oil here too. Okay. Okay. So, um, are we good to dive in and you're, and yep. 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 You're like a pro. Where are you located? I'm in Toronto. Oh, okay. Lovely town. I was just down in, in not as nice as Palm Springs brings last ah. last month. And the water is fabulous there. You know, it usually gets the number one water in the United States on, on these, in these competitions. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that on your podcast the other day. And I was like, that's why it was so fabulous there. I, I came back. My husband asked me if I had Botox because, and I said, no, it's just the water. <laughs> Let's get started. Welcome, Dr. Gundry. I am so honored. It is such a privilege to have you here today on the Align and Hustle podcast. Um, I have been a huge fan of yours for for five years now. When I first this actually this episode is going to be called "The Man Who Changed My Life." Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
Because when I first met you, well, I didn't meet you, but I saw you on stage at Tony Robbins UPW conference in 2017. And I had been suffering from a lot of gut issues. And when you stepped on the stage, it was like a shining light was on you. The gates of heaven had opened and I could hear angels singing because no one, it was like, finally, someone understood what I was going through. So that that was it. I just had a great backup group. That's what, that's what all that was. <laughs> and, well, you're so humble, but your work changed my life. And I feel better approaching 50 than I did when I was in my 20s because of this book. And this book, The Plant Paradox, which is my favorite. And as you can see, it's quite messy because I'm always cooking from it. Um, it was quite a brown, groundbreaker when it was released because no one had heard about these concepts that you're discussing in this book. And actually, you're celebrating a five-year anniversary of this book. Yep. We have so much to celebrate on this episode. So for those people who are listening who had have not read Plant Paradox, have not heard of you, can you give us a little bit of a background of how you went from a renowned cardiac cardiothoracic surgeon to a pioneer in nutrition. And I'm thinking you're going to mention Big Ed. Oh yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, I was a very famous heart surgeon and professor and chairman at Loma Linda university in, here in Southern California. And I was famous among other things for operating on people who nobody else wanted to operate on because they were, they were too dangerous. And uh, there are people like Big Ed, who I talk about in the book, who have inoperable coronary artery disease. All their blood vessels are are clogged up. You can't put stents in them. You can't do bypasses because there's no place to put a bypass. And these people um, would would go around the country to centers uh, looking for idiot surgeons who would take them on. And, you know, I was one of those idiot surgeons. And so uh, he went around the country for six months um, and everybody turned him down, big centers. And he ended up in my office and he had an angiogram, the cardiac catheterization of his heart from Miami. He was 48 years old. And the reason he's called Big Ed, he's a real person, is that he weighed 265 pounds when I met him. Wow. Now, so Big Ed, I look at his movie and I said, well, you know, um, I, I agree with everybody else. So there's, there's nothing I can do for you. I'd love to, but it's just not, there's not going to, it's not going to happen. And he says, yeah, yeah, that's what everybody said. But look, you know, I've been doing this for six months now and I've been on a diet and I've lost 45 pounds in six months. Now, yeah, this guy's that's, that's quite a bit. That's a lot, but yeah. he's 265 still. So he is well over 300 pounds. And, I, and he says, and, you know, I went to a health food store and I bought all these supplements and I've been taking these supplements. He actually brought in a big bag. And he says, you know, maybe I did something in here. And, you know, I'm scratching my professor beard and going, well, you know, good for you for losing weight, but that's not going to do anything. And I know what you did with all those supplements. You made expensive urine. And I <laughs> tr- truly believe that at that time. And he said, well, come on, you know, I come all this way. What would it hurt to get another angiogram? And I go, yeah, okay. So we get another angiogram. And in six months time, this guy has cleaned out 50% of the blockages in his heart. They're gone. Now, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've seen it a lot subsequently, but 
you know, I go, wow, wait a minute. What the heck? Tell me about this diet. And so he starts telling me what he did. And back in the dark ages, um, uh, I went to Yale undergrad. And in those days, we could design our own major. We could uh, study something for four years and write a thesis, like a master's thesis, and defend it. And then we could graduate. So I had a major that you could take a grade A, manipulate its food supply, manipulate its environment, and prove you would arrive at a human being. And I defended my thesis and I got an honors and I gave it to my parents and went off to become a very famous heart surgeon. So Big Ed's sitting here telling me his diet and I go, well, wait a minute. That's my crazy thesis from Yale. And um, I called up my parents who then lived in San Diego. I said, hey, you still have my thesis? And they said, yeah, it's here in the shrine, you know. And so I said, <laughs> Proud parents. <laughs> I said, send it up to me. So um, why that's so poignant is that even though I was a famous heart surgeon, I was running 30 miles a week. I was going to the gym one hour a day. I was eating a healthy, low-fat diet, and I was actually 70 pounds overweight. I had pre-diabetes. I had arthritis so bad I wore you know, uh, braces on my legs to run. And I had high cholesterol and high blood pressure, the whole bit. And so then I said, let me see these supplements. And I'm famous, among other things, for keeping hearts alive. During heart surgery, I invented a bunch of stuff and a bunch of super cocktails that we put down the veins and arteries of hearts. And I start looking through his stuff and I'm going, son of a gun, these are some of the stuff that I put down the veins and arteries of the heart to keep the heart alive for, you know, 48 hours in a bucket of ice water. And he's been swallowing these things and it never occurred to me to swallow them. So I started on my thesis and I started taking a bunch of supplements and I lost 50 pounds my first year and all of my health issues went away. Uh, I'm every one of them. And so at Loma Linda, when I would operate on somebody, I would say, okay, you know, now I don't want to ever see you again. So here's what I want you to eat. And I want you to go to Costco or Trader Joe's. There wasn't an Amazon back then. And I want you to buy some supplements and start taking them. And, you know, I'll probably never see you again. And when they did this, their, their blood pressure dropped, their diabetes went away, their arthritis went away. And so after about a year of doing this at Loma Linda, I made a really dumb career decision. Well, it ended up being one of the best career decisions. <laughs> this, is, this is true. And you know, I had to remind my wife for many, many years that eventually, <laughs> eventually this is going to be a really good career decision. But so I said, I've got this wrong. I shouldn't operate on people and then teach them how to eat to avoid me. I should teach them how to eat first and then they will avoid me. And, you know, for a heart surgeon, that's a really dumb career move because um, mm -hmm. Even in academics, you can make a pretty good living as a heart surgeon. But teaching people how to eat, uh, I can assure you, does not pay you uh, very well. But I resigned my position and I set up a clinic uh, down the road in Palm Springs. And I 
you know, all I knew was research. So I'd say, hey, um, I want you to take certain foods away from you. I want you to go buy some supplements. And every three months, we're going to do blood work. And we're going to see what happens. Is that okay? And, you know, an insurance will cover it. And let's go. So that's what we did. And I started you know, seeing these results and I started publishing the results and, you know, in human beings. And so that eventually um, ended up in the plant paradox, which, um, you know, became a national and international phenomenon. It's in 37 languages. It's just that book. That sounds alone. like a good career move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey, beauty, it's me. In celebration of interviewing the man who changed my life, I'm giving one lucky listener an Align and Hustle Dr. Gundry prize pack. All of the Dr. Gundry books that changed my life, The Plant Paradox, The Plant Paradox Cookbook, The Longevity Paradox, and Unlocking the Keto Code. Plus, I'm including a few surprises just to say thanks. All you have to do is leave a review. So go to iTunes, tap on the five-star rating, and write a few sentences to review the show. Before you submit, be sure to send me a screenshot on Instagram at Kathy Spence Portrait. I read all the reviews, so the one that hits my heart is the one that will win. Good luck, and now back to the show. Now, so, and that was five years ago. And then... A lot of people who actually started showing up in my clinic, I had written a previous book uh, during the Great Recession that did well, but not great, called Dr. Gundry's Diet Evolution, where I first started talking about this. And we had a number of people in that book with autoimmune diseases that reversed. And they would come in uh, after reading the book and they say, hey, you know, what do you know about autoimmune disease? And I said, I know absolutely nothing about autoimmune disease. But I know a whole lot about the immune system because I'm a transplant immunologist. I fool uh, the immune system so that I can, you know, put a heart of a pig in a baboon or put a heart of some little kid. And I said, so, you know, if you want to play, let's play. And so we started playing. And so now 80% of my patient population is people with autoimmune diseases. And as I And have you reversed those those for them? 94% of people go into complete remission, lose all their markers of autoimmune disease wow. within within 9 to 12 months of starting the program. 94%. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not not a bad track record, track record Dr. Gunji. <laughs> yeah, and and it just I mean, so and it's that really started me down this path of, okay, leaky gut is, is a real thing. The microbiome is a real thing. And I should have known better because Hippocrates, the father of medicine 2,500 years ago said, all disease begins in the gut, period. And he didn't have our sophisticated tests to measure leaky gut. And who gut. said, let food be thy medicine? He said the same thing. He said the same thing? Okay. The other interesting thing is I have a fairly new patient who's a, um, a Buddhist scholar. And he said, interestingly enough, Hippocrates and the Buddha were contemporaries in, in time. Mm -hmm. And the Buddha, one of his translations from Sanskrit, is enlightenment comes from the intestines. No, really? Yeah. 
it's like, holy cow, how do, you know, how do these guys know this? Um, but they, they, they knew this. You know, they knew this incredible, the most important organ uh, that lives in us is, you know, is the microbiome. So what and, happened to us? How did we get so, um, so messed up in a sense? Like if I ask my mother or my father-in-law to start watching what they're eating, um, to cut out bread, cut out gluten, cut out certain vegetables, they look at me and say, but I, are you crazy? Cut out a tomato. Like, like, let's talk about some of those yeah. disruptive well, so, concepts yeah, so, that you came up with. In the well, book. interestingly, no American ate a, ate a tomato until 1863, when uh, because they were believed to be poisonous. Uh, they're part of the deadly nightshade family. Mm -hmm. And then there was a colonel um, who wasn't a colonel who put a little note in a paper in the Somerville Gazette, which was a suburb of Philadelphia and New Jersey, that he was going to commit suicide on the courthouse steps by eating a bushel of tomatoes. And, <laughs> Gosh, okay. and I, I doubt if he actually ate a bushel of tomatoes, but he did not die. Mm -hmm. And that actually started people saying, well, wait a minute, that's uh, maybe they're not as bad as we thought they were. But even the Italians would not eat tomatoes for 200 years after Columbus brought them back from the New World, their native son, because they knew how dangerous they were. And to this day, Italians always peel and de-seed tomatoes. Mm -hmm. um, My husband's Italian. We have a tomato canning, jarring in the summer. Always take the peel off. Always take out the seeds. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Southwest American Indians always peel and de-seed their peppers. They char them and de-seed them and peel them before they either eat them or grind them into chili pepper because those are where the mischief is. I was just in France a few weeks ago and... Interestingly, the crudités or the crudites, whatever you want to pronounce it, the, their cucumber slices are peeled and de-seeded. And mm -hmm. it's like, how do these guys know all this? And it's because they learn from their mothers and their mothers and their mothers that this is probably a good idea to you know, get, we don't know what these compounds are, but we feel a lot better when we don't do this. Mm -hmm. And even and so getting back to, you know, how come your parents got away with this? Uh, what's happened to us? And I, I did a podcast earlier today with uh, with a millennial and a young millennial. And she said, what is a young millennial these days? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Well, millennials, 30, 25, 40 is, is, the, is, is, the, is the cutoff. Now okay. For, so for somewhere more, under, okay, under 40. So, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, then there's the Gen Zers and all that. But so what's happened to us is uh, I was in medical school in the late sixties and uh, yeah, like mid, mid to late sixties. And back then, uh, broad spectrum antibiotics were introduced. Prior to the mid 60s, there were no broad spectrum antibiotics. We had single antibiotics that would kill single bacteria. And it was a pain enough trying to figure out what bacteria might an antibiotic kill, and lots of people died. 
when broad spectrum antibiotics, it's literally, I hate to use the example, but it's like giving doctors a, a, an AR-15 or an AK-47 to go after bacteria. And so instead of a, a single shot, you know, can spray every last bacteria and turn them into mincemeat. And it was miraculous. But what we didn't know is that broad spectrum antibiotics killed all the microbiome in our gut. Uh, and we didn't know about the microbiome. It wasn't. I was discussed. just going to say we've the microbiome is quite a new um, yeah. discovery. Yeah, exactly. The Human Microbiome Project was finished in the, in the early two thousands. We didn't even know it existed. So, what so, is it for people who don't know? The the microbiome. So, mm -hmm. the microbiome is a hundred trillion different organisms that live in our gut, in our mouth, on our skin, literally lives in a cloud around us. Just fun fact, there's a lot of evidence that the reason almost all cultures kiss and deep kiss is you, your oral microbiome is seeing if it is compatible with the other person, seriously, oral microbiome and lets you know whether this is going to work out well, seriously. Wow. And the idea of a personal space where, you know, somebody's getting a little close to me, yeah. you, all of us have a cloud of bacteria and viruses and, vi and fungi in us. And there is actually very good evidence that that personal space is where your holobiome bumps into the holobiome of that other person and says, I'm not sure we know this holobiome and we better be careful. Wow. Wow. Oh, hey, it's me again. I forgot to tell you about the after party. There is a space that I have created for us to get together and have deeper conversations, connect and discuss the show. The party starts September 1st. So if you'd like to come, just click the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. So anyhow, so, so these guys, there are 99% of all the genes that make us human are non-human genes. They are the genes of our bacteria and viruses. Mm -hmm. And we now know that our human genes only have about an 8% effect on what's going to happen to us and that everything else is determined by all these other guys and so anyhow so what happened inadvertently is we killed off uh almost so millennials and gen zers your entire lifespans have been spent having your microbiome wiped out uh, with antibiotics. It's been spent. All of our food has been treated with Roundup, mm -hmm. glyphosate. Not so much in Canada, I don't think. Uh, it's still pretty bad in Canada. Still pretty bad. Okay. Still pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Europe is still pretty safe. Um, and so we might, Monsanto didn't tell anybody, but Monsanto actually patented uh, Roundup glyphosate as an antibiotic, not as a weed killer. And, yeah. and they told us that, don't worry, the way this 
kills weeds and the way it kills things is it attacks this hilariously sounding pathway called the shikimate pathway. So, uh, and bacteria use the shikimate pathway, plants use the shikimate pathway, humans don't. So Monsanto said, it's okay, we can spray Roundup on everything and you'll be fine because you don't have the shikimate pathway. What they didn't tell us was all the bacteria in your gut use the shikimate pathway. So every time you have a healthy piece of whole wheat bread that's been sprayed with Roundup, by the way, you just killed off all your microbiome with that healthy whole wheat piece of bread. And so you've been under, you know, you are the ultimate experiment. And when I was in medical school, autoimmune diseases were so rare that when we tested for autoimmune diseases, they were called funny tests. And so you'd go, well, we've exhausted other, every possibility. Let's run the funny tests. And they were funny because we hardly ever used them because nobody had autoimmune diseases. Now, of course, you can't miss a TV commercial on, in American TV. It's for some immunosuppressant drug for an autoimmune disease that nobody ever had before. Yeah. Uh, six, there's 60 million women in the United States alone now that have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, an autoimmune disease. Actually, my last interview, she had Hashimoto's. Yeah. And it's like nobody had this. And now everybody has this. So one of the things that I and others realize that there are certain compounds that are really good at interrupting the wall of the gut. And that normally, if we had a really good microbiome, then we would have a really good defense system against plants that don't particularly like us, that don't particularly want to be eaten. And one of the, I think, easiest things to realize is that plants were not here, put here on earth to feed us. They really weren't. They were here first. They had it really good before animals arrived because nobody wanted to eat them. Um, and the first animals were insects. And so plants, when they're attacked by insects, couldn't run, they couldn't fight, they couldn't hide. But they're chemists of incredible ability. They can, they can turn sunlight into matter, and we haven't figured out how to do that. So they use chemical warfare, biologic warfare, to try to convince that animal not to eat them by either, in the case of insects, paralyzing the insect or making the animal not produce well, not grow well, feel bad. And a smart animal says, gee, you know, every time I eat this plant or this plant baby, I don't do very well. I'm, I'm going to go eat something else or I'm going to figure out a way to detoxify this plant. And, and so that worked great. And we have bacteria, believe it or not, we have bacteria that like to eat gluten of all things. Mm -hmm. um, but our microbiome has really been destroyed. It's a wasteland. So, and then we started whole wheat goodness. I can guarantee you that whole wheat did not exist when I was growing up. You know, we had Wonder Bread. Well, uh, most cultures have spent the last 10,000 years 
getting the whole out of whole grain products because they were so bad. The, you know, 95% of people who use rice as their staple, and that's 4 billion people, go to the trouble of taking the all off of brown rice to turn it into white rice before they eat it. Mm -hmm. That many people can't be that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so funny. (laughs) I mean, why would they do that? It's a lot of work to get that stuff off of it. But they did it because they recognized that there were compounds in the hulls of certain grains that didn't do well with them. I mean, the Incas, the Incas used quinoa as their staple, but the Incas actually made quinoa rot. They let it rot. They fermented it for days and then they cooked it. And it's not on the package directions. Well, why did they do that? Because fermentation is a pretty good way of really cutting down on lectin content. I know that pressure cooker is a, is a game changer. Pressure cooker is really, really helpful. And, and even if you, mean- look at, if you look at traditional Italian cultures, for instance, they always soak their beans and they change the water and they'll soak it 24 hours, 48 hours and change the water because with each soaking, then the lectin content goes down. And this was all handed down through generations. Mm -hmm. And then unfortunately we, you know, we don't honor our elders anymore. And that's an whole other subject. And we, we put them into nursing homes where they can't bother us, but. Well, that's not always the case, but (laughs) I was just going to mention about the bread because I know I was such a, a strict follower of the plant paradox, but then COVID hit and I started drinking a little bit more wine. And then at the end of the night, that, baguette that french stick is calling my name and i would have a and immediately it would just wreak havoc and just by cutting out bread again for a month i can fit back into my pre-covid genes it's just such an it's so amazing to me how disruptive it is to the to your um, intestines and your gut and it's just i look like a different person yeah, and you know this was it was finally proven by uh, a professor who's now at Harvard who used to be at Maryland, uh, Alessio Fasano, who is an Italian from Naples, and he actually proved that there's a component, a lectin in bread uh, in wheat called gluten, which most people have heard about. Mm-hmm. That uh, its job is to attach to the wall of our gut. And the wall of our gut, sadly, is only one cell thick. And all of the, and the the surface area of the gut is the same surface area as a tennis court. So when everybody's watching Wimbledon the next couple of weeks, we have a tennis court inside of us. And it's only one cell thick. And these cells are held together with what are called tight junctions. And it's like the game Red Rover, Red Rover, where we're all locked arms. So they're all tied together. So gluten and other lectins can get to the wall of the gut and they flip a switch and they make a chemical called zonulin and zonulin hits another receptor and it breaks the tight junction. So now there's a gap 
And what's that's so scary when like that's so scary to me that the, just the I just picture a garden hose with just the you know from like the old cartoons with all the holes in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so what's really scary is that eighty percent of all of our immune system, our white blood cells, are on the other side of the lining of the gut. Now, why in the world would eighty percent of all of our white blood cells be sitting there? Well, that's because this is where mischief can come across, not only in these plant compounds, but also in pieces of bacteria, which I talk about, you know, LPSs, little pieces pieces of of shit, shit. (laughs) which is true. That's what they are. And so our- You know what I love about you, Dr. Grundy? I laugh out loud when I read your books. Like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm a big nerd, but I do. I laugh out loud. Well, yeah, I, I have to have fun writing this, and uh, it's it's good to get some puns in and things like that. So, but yeah, so what happens then is you know our immune system goes, oh my gosh, you know we're being invaded, and we've got to go to threat level five. We've got to call up the troops. We've got to scramble the fighter jets, and we've got to you know. If we ever see any of these guys, we need to attack them. And plants are remarkably clever. They've been at this a lot longer than we have. They actually make these compounds, these proteins, resemble proteins in our body. So, for instance, your podcast guest who had Hashimoto's is unaware that her immune system is looking for lectin-like compounds. And when they come upon her thyroid, they go, oh my gosh, this poor woman, uh, she has lectins in her thyroid. Well, they don't look quite like lectins, but they're close enough and we're at war and I'm going to shoot to kill and she'll thank me later. And it's called the molecular theory, molecular mimicry theory of autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And the longer I do this and others do this, the more we're convinced that that's, that's the case. But your book and your way of eating will help her, correct? Absolutely. Uh, One of our most famous examples, uh, Kelly Clarkson, uh, famous. Yeah. So Kelly Clarkson had Hashimoto's and she was actually on medication and somebody gave her my book and she followed it and her Hashimoto's went away and came off of her medication um, just by reading the dumb book. It's not just by reading. It's not that easy. You know, I recommend your it book is hard. to a lot of people and I'll call and follow up and, and ask how they're doing. And, and she, they're like, well, it's then, not uh, that easy. <laughs> so no, it's not, it's not. but uh, we, we just now have so but worth much. It. It's worth it. Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're beginning to realize now that almost everything that's happening to us is really because of because of our gut. All disease begins in the gut. We're more and more convinced that this massive amount of depression and anxiety and fatigue that people are suffering from is coming from the gut. It's coming from the communication between the gut microbiome and our brain. And I've written several books about, you know, that communication system. And we, you know, with every kind of passing day, 
more and more psychiatrists like Dr. Daniel Amen are, say, are saying, you know, we've got this all wrong. We shouldn't even use the word mental illness. This is, this is a gut illness. Mm-hmm. And we should be focusing our attention on the gut. I've, I've become good friends with uh, David Perlmutter of Brain uh, Brain. Brain and Dale uh, Bredesen of ending Alzheimer's and who are great neurologists. And we, we joke, they said, isn't it ridiculous that, you know, here's two world-class neurologists and here's a world-class heart surgeon and cardiologist. And we all have met in, in an area where none of us were really interested. And all we do is now talk about the gut. And they said, yeah, it's really pretty funny <laughs> because we you know, what I love about you, Dr. Gundry, because you are, you're, you're not afraid to say, you know, maybe we missed something. Maybe yeah. there's some way to look at this again. And like you say, research, because you have a keto component in the plant paradox. I do. But now you have a new book called unlocking the keto code. Yep. So you have researched and come up with some new information in this book. And what I would like to really touch upon, which really struck me was the insulin resistance and metabolic flexibility. Hey beauty. There's a lot to digest in this episode. So much so that I made this interview a two part show. Part two will be released next week. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss it. When Dr. Gundry and I continue our conversation, dive into his newest book, Unlocking the Keto Code, and actually do some shots together. It's a fun episode. You won't want to miss it. I know that when I'm listening to a podcast and there's a lot of um, information to digest, if it's too long, I get to the end and I forget all my aha moments. So I have summarized some key points, some key takeaways for you so that you can take some actionable steps to improve your health right away. One, all disease begins in the gut. Second, our human genes only have about an 8% effect on what is going to happen to us in future in regards to disease. I know a lot of people are worried that they are predestined to have the same diseases as their parents and grandparents. And this part of the conversation really um, was encouraging and important to me. Thirdly, you are what you eat and you are what the thing you are eating ate. Let me say that again. You are what you eat and you are what the thing you are eating ate. So in summary, don't be fast don't be cheap, don't be easy or fake. Four, plants are not here to feed us. I don't know if that like blew your mind (laughs) and that there are toxic plant-based proteins called lectins in many healthy, in quotes, healthy vegetables, fruits, nuts, beans, and dairy products that if ingested can cause inflammatory reactions, weight gain, and serious health, health conditions. So I've put together a list of all the foods that you should avoid and all the foods that are Dr. Gundry approved on um, the episode web webpage, which is linked in the show notes. 
I have also included links to Dr. Gundry's books and some more resources. So if you are interested in learning more, please go to the episode webpage at www.kathyspence.com slash podcast slash the man who changed my life. I also linked below in the show notes for you. Lastly, I want to wrap by saying stay open-minded, be open to new ideas. Some of these concepts may challenge you the way that you were taught, the way you think about food, the way you think about what is actually deemed healthy food. Everyone is different. This program changed my life. It may not be right for you, but if you are interested in learning more, please visit the episode webpage with resources, food lists, and ways to start taking action towards better health right away. If you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to leave a review for your chance to win a Dr. Gundry book bundle as my way of saying thanks to you. Lastly, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Stay tuned for part two. I'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.